Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognard, King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff. With your host, Glenn Holster. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day. Hey, what's so funny about role-playing games? We'll talk about that after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, I have a few opinions about comedy and role-playing games. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of attempts sometimes at comedy. I remember in the early days they tried in some of the modules, and it, to me it was a little wanting. It's hard to it, comedy is is hard. You know, the the one of the I think Edwin Booth, the famous actor, said on his deathbed, "Dying is easy. Comedy is hard." I don't find comedy hard, but I can understand the sentiment. I mean, I myself, as an actor, I don't find comedy as as hard, but I understand the work that goes into it, because comedy is one of the probably one of the most subjective things in life. It's just that way. I mean, there are stories about the Marx Brothers that when they were making their movies, they would have script conferences. And they said, if you, I mean, you know, what was on the screen is like, if you'd have known they were, if you didn't know they were going to do it, be doing a comedy, you wouldn't have known it being in the script in the script meetings, because they were totally serious about their comedy, about the timing, about the situations and things like that. I mean, yes, they were kind of like a little bit chaotic and a little unmanageable on the set. But when they sat down to talk about, you know, story and comedy, they were very serious about it. And, you know, spontaneous comedy isn't all that easy to do because that's what it is. Spontaneous comedy at a, at a game table. And I don't think the GM should be totally responsible for that. I mean, if he wants to see, there's to me, there's a difference between comedy and comedic elements in a story. I mean, this is why things like horror films and other types of things have quote unquote comic relief to lighten up the story once in a while. And that's the kind of thing you want to aim for, but not real, you know, real overtly. There are just, see, with, to me, with comedy and role-playing games, if you want to do it, 
And other than like, I'm not talking about the jokes that are made around the table or things like that or quirky characters, NPCs or player characters or something like that. Lord knows we've got enough of those. But I'm talking about just comedy premises have to be very, very subtle. I find I get a lot of mileage out of coming up with something that on the surface looks ridiculous. But people, see, here's the thing. Like the people in the story, the NPC, I'm not talking about the player characters now. I'm talking about like the NPCs and everybody else. Take a take a a, a ridiculous premise and everybody treats it seriously. Um, no, no tongue, tongue in cheek doesn't really work to me in a role-playing game. It has to be very, very subtle. And either the players get it or they don't. And if they don't get it, just move on and create an exciting story. There's nothing re- there's no reason why you can have a comedy in an exciting story. Like I said, remember the comic relief thing? So be very, very subtle about it. Um, let me give you an example here. Here's here's kind of a something that that is kind of like it may be. I don't know if it's quite stereotypical on a role-playing game or what, but two dwarven factions fighting over a barrel, uh, a cartload of barrels of beer. And you can come up with it, you know, come up with a justification of it. Say this one barrel, this one cart of beer has the only barrels of beer brewed by uh, Omar Octavius of from a thousand years ago and they don't he never he had a secret he never let let on that of the recipe and they one one or the other faction or tribe or or clan wants it to figure out how to make it so they can corner the market okay the ridiculous premise is they're fighting over i mean these are like two big battles they're fighting over beer they got spies for beer but there's a very serious reason for it. So it fits into the story. It fits into the, the uh, menu, if you, if you say. And there you can actually build a campaign world around things that are slightly ridiculous, just slightly ridiculous. I really admire Glenn Seal's I, I admire I admire Glenn Seals in Glenn Seal anyway, but for for a number of things. But one thing I really rem, admire him for is for his world of Bitterlands, which is an exaggeration of where he lives, which is England and Scotland, and it just it it he comes up with these like these you know these slightly subtle, almost Monty Python-esque subtle things. He's got, like, he's got these, he's got this, these birds, these like crows or whatever, certain type of birds that pester people when they're like going down the road and stuff. But, and they're in, in this one area and the, and the, the, the people who live there, the denizens know how to get rid of them. You know, some old man will be driving, you know, be riding, riding a cart along and these birds start pecking at him or d- doing stuff to him. And all he does is he points his finger and tells him to F off. And they go away. And, you know, 
to me, I find that hilarious because it is so subtle and it's so you don't expect it. You got to do something they don't expect. That's the whole thing. That's why I like taking stereotypes and turning them on their heads. My favorite example is the mysterious man in the back of the tavern who has an artifact that he wants somebody to get or has a map he's selling or something like that. I would have, the way I would do it is if the, if the, if the PCs start in a tavern and they're sitting in the back, even if they're not sitting in the back, I have this hooded man come over. May I speak to you for a moment? Yes. Uh, uh, sure. What, what's on your mind? And he sits down and he says, I have a proposition for you. Can I get a drink? And you order him a drink. And he says, he pulls out this piece of paper. And it's like, I have a map to this wondrous, wondrous treasure that is close by here, that is buried with with uh, some some noble or something like that. Not really grave robbing because he died millennia ago, but no one's ever been, been nobody knows where it is, but I do. And he pulls out this crudely drawn map and he starts going over it and he's drinking his drink and he asks for another. And, you know, the bar, t- the, the, the bar wench brings it over. And after about five minutes... The tavern, the bartender comes over and grabs him and says, I told you to leave my patrons alone. Now get out of here. And he throws him out. Turns out that he's just this drunk who comes up with these, these scrawled maps he does just so he can get some beer, just so he can get a drink. He's this, he's this alcoholic drunk bum, the village drunk. And stuff like that, and you can give them, you can give the the players subtle hints, like you have a faint, he has a faint smell of alcohol in his breath. This is before you even buy him a drink, and he and he slightly slurs words, but not enough. If they catch it, they catch it, but not not a whole lot. But that's one of my favorite things, where you know you got this guy's coming up, and he's he's going to be a mysterious benefactor, and no, he's some drunk who comes up and bothers people because he wants a drink. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That's the kind of. That's the kind of subtle thing you've got to think about. Um, I've got characters in, you know, and I love characters who turn up in the oddest places too, like in the middle of a dungeon, like the fifth level of a dungeon. This character comes by. And he says, "Oh, you're looking for that over there." It's, it's you go, little, and he tells them, where, where, you know, whoever the party, whoever's whatever. Oh, that artifact is over here in that room down the hall to the left. You go down and one to the right, and then the first door on the left. Yeah, it's right in there, and he's probably right. But he turns up and he leaves, and they don't know where he went. That kind of thing. That's the kind of thing I love. Um, if you, I mean, that's the kind of, that almost borders on, well, you're just giving them hints. Well, yeah, you're giving them hints, but it's an entertaining hint. That's the whole point. I've got a couple of characters called the Lazardo brothers who come and give players plot points in towns and wilderness. They just turn up and they're two lizard men. And I base it on a mini I used to have of two lizard men walking around. And one of them, they're the Lazardo brothers. One of them is... Like Chico Marx. He sounds like this. He sounds he's a he's a tight. Hey, you go over here, you're gonna do that. You know? <laughs> and the other one is constant I mean, they're always kind of little, but the the brother, the other brother is constantly drunk and he's always hanging off of the other brothers. 
Yeah, you go over here, you go over something. Yeah, hey, that's all right. I forgot how to tell him about that. You got to go over to this swamp over here. And then you got to fight this alligator over there. Yes, alligator, alligator. He's, he's a big guy. He's a big Hey, yeah, that's I got to go tell him about it. What's the matter for you? Shut up. Anyway, you got Anyway, they go on and on and on. And on. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking. Subtly humorous. All right, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognardygmail.com. Or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. Not Anchor, Spotify for podcasters. What am I talking about? Anyway, you want to me to give a single donation, you can go to my Kofi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard. Or you can drop a, a little bit in my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognard. Let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Gilbert Sars, and Benjamin Brodell. Thank you very much, sirs. For other good podcasts, Dan Gregg's The Young, Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard Podcast. Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast. Daniel Norton's Bandits Keep Podcast. Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest Podcast. Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries. And my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air. <laughs> <laughs>